prophesy in your name and in your name drives out demons and in your name perform many miracles. Then I will tell them um, plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Can you maybe put on the stand there? Yeah, how good. Uh, So glad to be with you. This is a huge Bible. Wow. Um, So glad to be with you this morning. Um, I understand that a bunch of you are probably quite tired, um, and that makes sense. Uh, Some of you were up way too late last night. Um, And so two things to tell you, maybe more. I always make up these numbers when I start speaking. Um, I need this. Uh, Two things to say to you is this is going to be really short, and so you can do it. You can concentrate. Um, I'm also just going to scream at random intervals to keep you awake, so heads up for that. Um, Matter also said if he sees anyone falling asleep, he's going to cable tie them to the chair, so that's, that's something to be aware of. Um, another thing you can do to help you concentrate, um, to help you stay awake, is take notes. So if you've got a pen and paper, oh, that would be worth doing. Um, because here's, here's my concern. I've, I've had friends who have sat through weeks just like the ones we've had, where, that they've, they've sung the songs that we've sung, they've listened to the talks that we've listened to, they've prayed the prayers that we've prayed, they've, they've had this conviction to be someone who follows Jesus for their life, but they, they've since fallen away. And I know your leaders could share many stories that are similar. They've, they've stopped following Jesus. And so how do we make sure we are people that make it to the end? How do we, how do we make sure that we as citizens of the kingdom actually end up in the kingdom. Last night, we heard about the importance of warnings in the Christian life. That, that's, that's one of the means God uses us uses to, to get us to the end. And this morning, Jesus gives us three warnings, three things that are worth us heeding and obeying so that we might not be people that fall short. And so we're going to go through those things first. But it's also important to notice that our passage um, does another thing. Just before it and just after it, Jesus gives us two really big encouragements before and after these warnings that we might be people that not only start the kingdom life but live it to the end. And so that's how we're going to finish our time together, looking at those encouragements. So does that make sense? Three warnings first. We're going to go through them really snappy. And then two big encouragements from Jesus. I'm going to pray that that's going to be a really helpful time for us. Let's pray. Father, we ask um, that you'd give us the energy that we need, um, that we might heed your word, that we might hear it, and that might help us to um, continue on to the end. Uh, Lord, we also pray for those amongst us who have not yet started on that path, who have not yet started following you. Lord, we ask even this morning that they might give their life to you, that they might consider whether they want to start the kingdom life and that they might um, trust in you to finish it too. Lord, we ask that you would even do that this morning. Amen. And I am actually going to give an opportunity for uh, you who, um, maybe last night you heard the talk and you weren't quite ready to give your life to Jesus, but you've been thinking about it and you're ready. I'm going to invite you to do that at the end of this talk as well and say, be ready for that. If that's where you're at, consider these things with us. But the first warning is, many will miss out. Many will miss out on life. Read through verse 13 with me. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. The kingdom life, the the one that ends in life, is that that narrow gate, and it leads to a narrow road where, where only a few of us will find it. Only a few people will find it. 
If, if you're someone who's found that narrow gate and that narrow path, you are one of the few people that are heading to the eternal kingdom. And that is a glorious gift from your Father, but you are one of a few. We are one of a few. And, and we're surrounded by many, many who are heading to destruction. Many who seem to have it easier, who seem to be doing whatever they want to do, living whatever life they want to live. And so walking the narrow road can feel like um, walking along on a tightrope, um, trying to concentrate on going straight, heading in this direction, while all around us people are stumbling, doing what they want. And you're, you're exerting all of this energy to go straight, to stay balanced. When all around you people are stumbling, falling all over the place, they don't seem to care. And it's actually easy for us to look at all these people all around us, see the seemingly carefree life that they, they put, out, put out. I don't think it is actually carefree. And, and we can see that and we can be jealous. It, it can feel like we have it hard for no reason. But there are many, friends, those people are on a path to destruction. Many will miss out on life. The second warning, many will mislead you. Have a look at verse 15. Watch out for false prophets, for they come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. There are false prophets. There are people who claim to be people who speak on behalf of God, who, who seem like they're speaking God's words to us, but they're actually misleading us. Intentionally or not, they're, they're not bringing us God's word. This is what got Adam and Eve, right? I don't know if you remember this. Um, the first story, um, Satan comes and says, did God really say that? God wants more for you than that. They were misled by the lies of Satan. And friends, it's possible for many of us to be misled too. That, that people will come in with, with maybe even good intentions, but speak words that are lies, that are untruths. And often it won't be obvious that they'll come in um, in sheep clothing. That, that's the idea of they'll, they'll come in disguised as someone who is trustworthy. They, they'll seem like good people. They, they may actually be really good people in some ways, in, in many ways that we see, but they can still mislead you. The sad truth is many will be misled. The final warning, we saw this on the first day, so I'll just touch on it, but many will be mistaken. Have a look at verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I'll tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, evildoers. There are people who will think they're on the narrow way, think they're living this kingdom life because they can point to things in their life that look, that look on the surface like kingdom things. Notice verse 22. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? See, they might call Jesus Lord. They might do things for him in his name. They might even do crazy impressive things like prophecy and driving out demons and performing many miracles. They might do things that look like someone who is in touch with God. But do you notice the true sign that someone is in touch with God? The true sign is someone who is a citizen of the kingdom. It's not miraculous, crazy things. It's, it's not simply what you say. It's verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, 
but only the one who does the will of my Father is in heaven. The true sign that you're in touch with God, the true sign that anyone is in touch with God, is they are the ones who do the will of God. They are the ones who seek His kingdom and seek His righteousness. And so, friends, be that person. Be someone who leaves fat and doesn't just say they are a citizen of the kingdom, but actually goes on to live as a citizen of the kingdom. Be someone who, we saw this on the second day, pursues perfect righteousness. Be someone who lives for an audience of one, who lives for what lasts, who trusts God with the rest. Because that is the thing that will show you to be one of God's people. See, a citizen of the kingdom is someone who does these things. Now, I hope as you look through those list of things and as you've spent the last few days with us, as you look at them, you feel energized. You go, yes, that is a life worth living. There's something about this time together where we've, we've had heaps of time in the Word. We've had heaps of time singing together, gathering one another, where we can feel just energized to do this. It reminds me of the start of Fat Games. Um, I get so hyped for Fat Games. At the start of Fat Games, I'm just screaming. I'm like... Let's just go. Let's destroy them. Um, everyone, we're all kind of in that same page at the start. Everyone's into it. And then 30 minutes into it, we're all too exhausted to keep going. And then people are walking around. Some people have gone to the bathroom. Some people are just lying on the grass looking up. A few people are walking around with pool needles just kind of like lightly tapping people on the leg, just going, I think you're out, but I don't really care anymore. How do we make sure that doesn't happen for our Christian life? How do we make sure that we don't leave here with much hype and excitement, but it all just slowly fizzles out into nothing until going for a toilet break? There are two means of grace. There are two particular things God uses to hold on to us. Two things that Jesus points our attention to and says, these are the things to do to make it to the end. The first one is prayer. Have a look at verse 7. So this comes just before all of our warnings. Verse 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. The one who knocks, the door will be opened. Do you see all of those crazy promises in that verse? Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock and the door will be open for you. The assurance Jesus gives us. He's saying your prayers won't be wasted. You cannot get more sure than, that, than this, that your prayers will not be wasted. He says, ask and it will be given to you. Oh. Now at that point you might be thinking, great, I'm going to ask for a Ferrari. But the next verse is really key, verse 8. Which of you, if, you ask your son, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? See, God is a, a father in this picture, and, and a father who delights to give us good things. What an assurance in that. Which means you can be sure if you... Ask God for good things, God will give it to you. Just as you can be sure that if you ask God for really, really dumb stuff, He won't give it to you. Um, 
Nora, uh, I've done a lot of stories about my child. I don't know why I did that. But Nora often begs me for the paracetamol bottle. She loves medicine, which is a bit concerning. She is addicted to drugs. Um, But as much as she wants this bottle of paracetamol, it would not be good for me to give that to her, right? And so I don't. Just to be clear, I don't. You too can ask God for all sorts of things, confident that God will give you what you need, not necessarily what you want, but what you need. And so ask away. Ask for good things. Ask for things that you you might um, not be sure are good things. Ask knowing that God will give you anything and everything that will be good for you, and particularly so that you might live the life that is good for you. The life seeking after his kingdom and his righteousness. Anything that helps you towards that, if you ask for it, God will do um, what he does. He will give. The other key thing that God uh, gives us, Jesus gives us, is his word. Have a look at verse 24. This is at the end of all the warnings. And he says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. That word therefore means given all that I've said, that that many will miss out on life. Oh, what a horrible, horrible thing. That many will mislead us. That many will be mistaken. Jesus says there there is one firm foundation for your life. There is one thing that you can hold on to to get to the end. There's one thing worth building your life on. And it's Jesus' words. It's Jesus and his words. And so, friends, listen to Jesus' words. If there's one thing that you do from this week of fat, I think this is probably it. I don't know your situation, so it might not necessarily be it, but it's this. Listen to Jesus' word. Get into the rhythm of Bible reading. At fat in year 11, I... I, um, listen to series of talks. I think these same series of talks. Um, and I decided from that moment on that I was going to be someone who regularly read my Bible. That was, I was in year 11. I was at FAT. I wasn't good at reading the Bible beforehand. But from that moment on, I think that's like oh, well, 10 years ago. Gosh. I very rarely missed a day of Bible reading. See, friends, we often hear of people who are struggling with Bible reading and and it's good to be sharing, but know that it is possible to get into the habit of reading your Bible. It's not impossible. Here are my top two tips for doing it. Pick a regular time and place. Make a habit of it. Uh, maybe do it as you eat brekkie. Maybe do it as you, you shower. I did that for a while. I just put the phone on a little pedestal next to the shower. So I was reading the Bible. Pick a regular time and place. But I think... I think that's a really good one, and and do that. But this is the one that I think was most helpful for me. Decide you've just got to do it. Now, that seems really simple, but I found sometimes I'd forget, but I'd get to bed at at night, and there's something about when you're in bed at night that you just realize all the things you forgot to do and all the mistakes you made during the day. And I, I would often be lying in bed, and it'd be after youth on Friday night, or it'd be after a party and it'd be way too late, and I'd be like, dang it, I did not read my Bible. And I would just, I'd go, well, I've got to do it. 
And so I'd do it. I'd just get up and I'd read my Bible and go to sleep. And that, I, I think, is key. Just decide you've got to do it each day. Can I speak particularly to those who hate reading as well? It's worth noticing that Jesus calls us to listen to his words, which means there's no requirement that you have to read his words. Um, I know there's some here who just maintain that they, they can't read. They're not a reader. Um, and so there are other ways to hear Jesus' words. You, you can listen to it. You probably all have the Bible app. You know you can press play and hear Jesus' words to you. Um, and so I think the top tips remain. Pick a time, pick a place, do it, and just decide you've got to do it. But I want to add in a third one for you. Start just reading little bits. And, and I know there's no command that you, you must, but as, as you listen, you'll get many good things, and it's actually something that's worth us all doing, listening to God's Word. But there is a depth you get by reading the words yourself. There, there is... Um, an ability to focus on a verse that you, you get when you can work through it slowly on your own. And, and so start reading just, just little bits. The daily reading notes, there's going to be post-fat daily reading notes. That would be a great, great way to start. And as you read and listen to Jesus' words, the important thing that verse 24 brings us to is we, we don't just want to hear Jesus' words. We want to be people that put it into practice. And so as you read, read to be changed, read to be, to be challenged. Wow, that's quite a win, isn't it? Yeah, nice, Sam. Don't just read for the fun of it or to gain head knowledge. Read to be comforted. God's Word is powerful and effective, and so let it do its work in you. Come to God's Word prayerfully, ready to be changed, ready to be challenged, ready to be comforted, ready to sit under God's Word. Be doers of God's word, not hearers only. Citizens of the kingdom. If, if you're someone who's come to Jesus, you have, you've come to a righteous king. You've come to the king who has made you righteous. That is who you are. And he's brought you into a kingdom that will never perish, spoil, or fade. He has given you promises that he will comfort you, that you will inherit the earth, that he'll be merciful to you, that you'll, you will see him, that you'll be called his child, that you will belong to him forever. He has made you his child and he's the one who cares for the birds of the air. He's the one that um, clothes the flowers of the field. You have come to that one. And so I, I hope you're being convicted to see Let's live lives seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness and trusting God with all the rest. In a moment, I'm going to pray that we would do that all our days. But I did just want to say a quick few words to, to those amongst us who have not yet put their faith in Jesus. Maybe for you, you sat through last night and it just felt too soon, too quick. But you have been noticing this week that God has been calling you to himself. Like you know that the road is narrow and there are few on it. You, you know that there's many who will mislead you. There's, there's many who are mistaken, but you know, you know God. You, you've heard of God and his great love for you this week. And you know that he will be with you. He's the one who will hear your prayers. He's the one who will guide you by his word. And so maybe this morning you are ready to come to him. The kingdom life is a hard one, but we have lots of help. And it is filled with hope. And in Jesus, 
Even this morning, this very moment, it can be your life. If you would but turn to him, if you would but trust him, he is the one who will make you righteous. He will bring you into his kingdom. And so will you turn to him? If that's something you'd like to do, I'm going to pray in a moment. I'm going to invite you to pray with me. But I'm actually going to pray a prayer that I want to invite us all to pray. Because I don't know if you know this, but whether you're starting the kingdom life or whether you've been in it for years and years, our prayer is the same. We always say, sorry for our sin. Because we are those that are poor in spirit, right? We're we are always those that say, thank you, God, for your grace. Thank you for Jesus and his grace. Because he is the one who will always make us righteous. And we are always asking for God's help to live the kingdom life. And so I'm going to pray those things in a moment. And if this morning you feel like you can pray those things for the first time, I'd love you to join us. And so why don't you bow your heads and let's pray to our good God together. God, we are sorry for our sin. God, as we, we see the perfect standard that you call us to, we, we can't help but be aware of the many ways that we fall. God, the many ways that we get angry, even this week, at our brothers and sisters as we play fat games and get too into it. Um, for the many ways that um, we lust for the many ways that um, we don't turn the other cheek but get angry at people that hurt us. Lord, we are, are sorry for our sin. But Jesus, we are so thankful for your grace that you are the one who is the righteous king who came as a fulfillment of the law of the prophets to be the only one who perfectly obeyed all that you commanded and yet died for us so that you might give us your righteousness. Lord, we are so thankful that you have made us clean. And God, as those that know you and have been called into your kingdom by that grace, we ask that you would help us to live the life of the citizen of the kingdom, that you would give us what we need, that we might pursue what lasts, live for you and you alone, and trust you with all things. And we ask that you do that in us by your spirit. We ask that you'd strengthen us by your word, and that we would constantly cling to you in prayer. Amen. Now, if you pray those things, just a few quick things, sorry. Surprise, surprise, talking after the prayer. That is, that is amazing. If that was genuinely where your heart was at. You are a citizen of the kingdom. And I actually just want to pray particularly for you now. If that was something that you've done either last night or right this moment, I want to pray for you. And so let's continue praying and praying particularly for those. Let's pray together. God, we, we ask for those that have just started um, the kingdom life, even this morning and last night, that you would strengthen them, that you would use us, um, brothers and sisters, to get around them, to care for them, to keep pointing you to you, them to you. And God, keep reminding them that the kingdom life is worth living, that you are worth living for, that you are the God who sees all, rewards, loves, delights in, that you can call us children, that we can call you Father. 
God, we ask that we would remind them of these glorious truths and together that we would be those that make it to the end, that none of us would be found, will have been found to have fallen short, that we would pray to you, would constantly ask for what we need to continue, even as we feel at the end. And Lord, I'm aware there may be people even today who feel like they can't keep going on, that you would give them the grace they need to continue. We pray that you'd do that for us all our days. Amen. You can get up. All right. I don't want to talk to you guys too long because we've had a lot of information in the past um, five days. But I found that really helpful. Um, if you're someone that looks at older people, whether that's like, you know, the old 80-year-old couple at church or, you know, parents and seeing their walk and their faith, or even just seeing a youth leaders and going like, how am I ever going to end up like that? We've all done it the same way, which is just living it one day at a time and doing those uh, practices one day at a time, getting into your word and making that the priority um, outside of everything else. Uh, yeah, so I believe we're about to head down to the Swarmatorium. Uh, Amber will nod at me if that's the case. We have four minutes, nice. Uh, a quick reminder is that we do have um, site pack up today. Uh, and I get it, you guys are tired. Uh, just know that we are as well. And you've had a whole team serving you this week, not even just us, but you know the cooks and resource, um, doing all these things for you guys as well. Uh, and so there's an example already of um, being able to love when it's hard. Um, whether you're cleaning toilets or picking rubbish off the ground or packing up tents, um, do so to help everyone else out today. Uh, and that'll make today go so much easier, but also help you guys um, work out those things. Uh, so yeah, we've got a couple of things to come, but we will start moving down to the swimmatorium. Pack up chairs would be great. Let's start packing up this spot.